It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. And we're off and running the Adam Ritz Show is on the air. I thank you so much for joining me. My name is Adam Ritz. With me is Jay Baker. Hi, Jay. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Adam. I uh, am excited to talk about education today and how important education plays in the parts of uh, our kids. Well, that's today's topic. Everybody wants their kid to succeed in school, and I actually have a plan that you can put in place to optimize the success of your child. Now, my kids are a little older, but uh, we're never too old to learn little tricks of the trade to help. You know, I've got a, a high schooler and a college kid, so you know I'm sure they could use some of these tips too, huh? Absolutely. And you never know, too, sometimes if you have grandchildren or cousins, nephews, there are family members, you can kind of help, uh, help guide the parents of those respective ch- children. I do know some rugrats. I have some <laughs> friends that have rugrats. And I, uh, yeah, we should make them listen to this show for sure. Uh, we also want to touch on an AT&T initiative. A huge grant was just given for STEM, which, uh, of course, you know is science, technology, engineering, math. Big push on STEM uh, with today's kids and education and how important that is for their future. So uh, I got an update with AT&T and a grant they gave for STEM. But first, I want to thank our sponsor and underwriter, Vibonomics, for coming on board to make this show possible. Vibonomics is an audio experience platform, software, um, voiceover, music. Anytime you walk into a store and hear something cool, that's probably Vibonomics. And you can learn more at Vibonomics.com. V-I-B, just like the vibe of this show. V-I-B-E-Nomics, N-O-M-I-C-S, Vibonomics.com. Thank you, Vibonomics, for coming on board. Okay, so AT&T. Aspire is the name of the initiative, AT&T Aspire. They donated $15,000 recently uh, in the Miami area for uh, a group called Dibia Dream, the Dibia Dream Foundation. And uh, what the Dibia Dream Foundation does, they have a Saturday STEM program uh, once a month for kids to learn about science, technology, engineering, and math. And uh, they do this in the Miami and the New Orleans area. And the $15,000 given by AT&T Aspire will go directly towards uh, tools, materials uh, to make this monthly program possible. How cool is that? No, it's very cool. And it's funny, we're in the radio world. Uh, We were the kids that didn't pay attention, but those are very important topics. And it's great to see a large corporation get involved. Well, they know it's important too. Uh, you know, I'm sure down the road, uh, people that work at at people that work at AT and T uh, probably had a pretty strong STEM background themselves, so they understand how important it is. Listen to this: these kids recently have worked with mechanical lungs, hearts, mechanical hearts, robots, and other stuff. Like I can't imagine being a kid and on on Saturday, on a free Saturday. I mean, the thing of the moronic stuff I used to do when I was a kid, I wasn't playing with mechanical hearts and mechanical lungs. I think that's awesome. Well, and that's what they say. It is kids' exposure to these things that get them energized. So as you and I know, we were wiseacres back in school. Mm-hmm. We'd go, mechanical heart, eh, you know, show me uh, something else. But for kids that get engaged, think about 
the guy who invents the next great medical device might come from this program. Now, I don't want to scare away the people that aren't into math. Um, a left-brainer like myself can still get something out of this. This jumped out at me. Um, the Dibia Dream founder, Brandon Okpalobi, says, quote, even if students don't choose a path of science, the lessons learned at STEM Saturdays can be applied to most fields of interest, whether scientific or artistic. So, you know, you don't just have to be into creating uh, artificial hearts or building the next rocket that's going to take uh, the Apollo mission to the next planet. Um, STEM is, is something for children to really learn processes um, and get involved with an academics, I guess, just flavor in their mouth, whether you splinter off into science or the arts. Having any kind of academic base is always a great idea, and you're right. It's one thing if you could uh, recite all of Shakespeare's plays, but you can't do a lick of math, you're kind of not helping yourself. <laughs> so again, hats off to the AT&T Aspire program for donating uh, that $15,000 grant for the Dibia Dream Foundation's STEM program in the Miami and New Orleans areas. Many of us have kids, Adam, or as you said, you know, uh, friends of yours that have some young kids. This is a specific look at kids in elementary school. Uh, parents will lament, uh, citizens will lament, oh, we're spending too much on our schools, not enough on our schools, whatever the case may be. The bottom line is, and you probably have heard this, and you, of course, raising a couple of children, undoubtedly hear that the buck kind of stops with the parents. So this is aimed at helping your kid have an optimal elementary school experience. And we'll start off with attend back to school night and parent-teacher conferences. I don't know how you felt about these. I always thought parent-teacher conferences, next to worthless. You're just going to hear some PR from the teacher. <laughs> your son or your daughter's the greatest student we've ever had. You know how that goes. But they say this is really important because this helps you build that personal experience with your school teacher. I loved Meet the Teacher Night. I, I loved it when I was a kid. I remember when I was a kid. I loved Meet the I wanted my parents to meet the teacher that I got so much out of. And I wanted that teacher to brag to my parents that I was, you know, a decent student. I, I loved it as both a student and now as a parent. Love to get to know the, the parent teacher. Um, here's a quick side story on Meet the Parent, or I'm sorry, meet, I'm, I'm the parent. I know myself. I don't have to meet myself. Meet the Teacher Night at my daughter's high school is you get to go, all the parents go to the high school with the class schedule of your child, and you go to each class as if you're the child. So there's seven-minute periods, and it takes about an hour and a half, and you just go to the first class, like at 6 p.m., bell rings, you sit down, the teacher tells you seven minutes worth of what they're doing and what your child's learning in that class. The bell rings, you've got five minutes to get to the second class. So it's almost, uh, it was, it's like a weird science fiction movie that all of a sudden, you're in high school, but you're 49 years old. Yeah. Because <laughs> everybody, there's other 40, 50 year old people walking around the high school trying to get to the next class. It's like, you know, you want to meet your best friend at the locker before lunch, but all of a sudden you realize, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm 49 years old and this is meet the, te meet the teacher night. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and see, that's a great point is you're actually physically experiencing what your children are experiencing. And that helps you just make that connection with what's going on. And this was a great point. 
Uh, it, parents or guardians can request meetings with teachers, principals, school counselors, or other school staff anytime during the school year. That's actually part of the school experience. And how many times have you heard uh, administrators say the parents just weren't involved? Now, I suspect yeah. you could request too many meetings. Oh, no, not that Mr. Smith again. But I thought that that was interesting that you can request those meetings at any time. And it actually is in your best interest to do so. Uh, right along those lines, Adam, visit the school. And believe it or not, its website. The school website is important. How many parents would say, I've been to my students' school's website? That is a tough one. I mean, as soon as you said that, I'm trying to think of the last time I was on my daughter's school's website. It has been recently, but uh, and I'm not ashamed to admit this, I only went to the uh, calendar to find out when their days are off so that I could try to plan some sort of vacation. <laughs> there you go. See, as an adult now, I have different interests in yes, life. That's, yes. Let's talk about your education. When don't you have to go to school so we can plan our vacation? Perfect. Well, on that school website, you are in, indeed correct. You'll oftentimes find the school calendar, staff contact information, upcoming events like class trips, testing dates, etc. And that staff contact information, I think, is important. You know, Adam, you and I work in a business where sometimes just, hey, will you send that guy an email or will you remind me via email? And and these emails that we get in our office are oftentimes very short and to the point. Tell Stan this. Well, you know that a short contact to a teacher, depending on what you're trying to contact them about, they, they may actually appreciate it hey, thanks for really helping Sally with that last test or whatever it was. Teacher might really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Had a little trouble understanding the last module. Is there something I can do? Sign parent. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that was very interesting. The uh, staff contact information is very important. Usually, uh, if you're sending a message, the standard email guidelines uh, are in place, Adam. No all-cap uh, proclamations from you, the parent. <laughs> Toughest homework assignment ever. You're a monster. Do not send that one <laughs> if you can help it. Uh, support homework expectations. Now, you probably have found this as a parent. You don't really know, am I getting the full story from my children about the amount of homework they're getting or, in certain cases, not getting? Do you remember that one? Because for some reason, my son never had homework, but my daughter always had homework. There was something wrong in the math right there. So. There's your, if you could go back in time with your son, you could email his teacher and say, is it true that my son hasn't had homework in three months? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> then the teacher would be appreciative that you got in touch with him or her, and they would reply, that is not true. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you can communicate with your teacher about this. Apparently, a good rule of thumb for effective homework or study at home is roughly 10 minutes per elementary grade. So, for example, if you have a fourth grader, you should expect to have about uh, 40 minutes of homework uh, each school night. And that kind of escalates as time goes on. And this you know. is a whole nother show. But that, to me, is ridiculous. That's just my opinion, ladies and gentlemen. But that is ridiculous for a fourth grader to have 40 minutes of homework every night. 
That well, is way too much. Once again, Adam, we're trying to form those we're young minds. To, we're trying to give them all the chances of success that they could have. I don't, did I just contradict myself? No. We, this is a show that no. cares about education. We applaud AT&T for supporting STEM. But by golly, Adam Ritz, the host of the show, doesn't think you should have homework. Well, that's because <laughs> you have always had artistic endeavors in mind. You were too busy thinking up the next thing that would make the teacher laugh you yeah. didn't want to spend 40 minutes with your face glued to that geography textbook. But the the math goes up, I'm assuming, every grade. So if it's 40 minutes in fourth grade, by the time you're Presumably, a senior in high school, by the you have t- seven and a half hours of homework every night. Well, seven and a half hours might be pushing the limit, but expect at least an hour's worth of homework each evening during your junior high into high school years. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I am fine with that. Yeah. And you are correct. It is difficult to balance how much fun is the child having in a positive way versus how much are you learning and you're right you don't want to take fourth graders which are happy-go-lucky creatures and then turn them into chained to a desk learning geography but i thought that that was an interesting mark about 10 minutes now send your child to school ready to learn something as simple as breakfast is super important you probably have heard this in general kids who eat breakfast have more energy They do better in school. Kids who eat breakfast are also less likely to be absent, make fewer trips to the school nurse with stomach complaints related to hunger. And that is why there are a number of school programs for both breakfast and lunch. And I think I've been shielded from much of this. I grew up in kind of an affluent community in northern Indiana, and you tended not to think in terms of, hey, we can't afford to eat. But a lot of students, that that is become an issue. So if you can, make sure that uh, your children have the right breakfast, also the right amount of sleep. Uh, Kids, as you know, it's hard to put them to bed. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know at what age your kids decided that, hey, staying up till 11, 1130, maybe midnight's not a bad idea. I do remember as a child, I wanted to stay up as late as possible. And I don't know if if I just got lucky with my two daughters, but they... I've never had to put them to bed. They at the end of the night they were they were and are exhausted from a getting up at 6:30 in the morning to go to school, studying all day. They both have extra extracurricular activities. They both have or had jobs in high school. So by the time uh, 7 p.m. rolls around and they get off work and they do their homework, I mean 10 10 p.m. comes and they are out. And so, see that's positive what you just said because you're right. You have engaged students. And a child, a well-rested, well-nourished child, 10 o'clock at night exhausted, that's probably about par for the course. Now, I wanted to uh, touch on something you mentioned a few minutes ago. With the importance of eating breakfast in the morning, uh, lunch programs, um, and we talked about this a few shows ago uh, with with winter and and heating and winter assistance programs to to donate to your uh, energy uh, utility uh, organization for them to be able to take some of your funds and apply it towards a winter heating assistance funds for people that maybe can't afford heat. Same can be said for school lunch or school breakfast. If you are in an affluent area and your children don't have ever have a problem with, with eating or meals, uh, there are kids out there that are, that are uh, hurting and could use a, a, a breakfast, a meal. Uh, so if your school, your children, through your school's website, if you see a meal assistance program, that probably would be a good idea to get involved and maybe just throw a couple bucks in there. Again, if hundreds of people do this, then 
a few bucks can go a long way. You're absolutely correct about that. I remember there was a situation I was in recently where somebody was asked, would you like to donate? Uh, you know, it was one of those situations where you're checking out of a store and if you just, would you like to donate a dollar towards the so-and-so program? And the person looked the clerk in the eye and said, I don't have any kids in school. Now, it wasn't that I think they were trying to be cheap. It's just they didn't see the equity in giving because you probably have heard, well, we want to raise a little bit of the taxes for schools. Mm -hmm. People will oftentimes object. But if you think about it, it's great schools that build great neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. which then increase property values. Ironically, you're spiting yourself by saying, no, I don't want to donate to that. So I think your point is very well taken, um, even if you don't have – an immediate group of children that you know that are going to these schools, these programs are always great ideas. Now, one of these, now I don't know how good you were at at this because I was pretty bad as a parent, teach your kids how to be organized because it's the organized child that knows where all his supplies are and knows where his textbooks are. Uh, we had a few yeah. more than a few textbooks go missing in the Baker household. So, <laughs> yeah, the first thing I can think of is that this message is brought to you by Trapper Keeper. I did you have a Trapper Keeper? Well, or I we, sure did. You sure did. Yeah, and it was that, trendy and cool. Talk about organized students. Uh, yeah, we did that with our kids, um, teaching organizational skills. That uh, for certain for certain plays into it. Well, it says that uh, no one is born with great organizational skills. They, knew to, they do need to be learned and practiced. The other one is to teach study skills. This is the other one, too, about uh, making sure that your children know that there's sort of an appropriate time to do your reading. There's an appropriate time to review your notes. There's an appropriate time to maybe do a homework module. Um, you can introduce your child to tricks like uh, mnemonic devices to help them recall information and that you should probably also take a 45-minute study break every once in a while just to help kids process the information that they learned. So they're kind of suggesting that you actually have some structure to your evening because, as you said, our typical fourth grader 40 minutes worth of learning, mm-hmm. you might want to have them spend you know, like 20 minutes doing some things hey, take a half-hour break, come back 20 minutes later. Um, This is suggesting that you don't want to come off as uh, like the overseer in some uh, bad summer camp movie. Kids, there will be no fun after dinner. You will do nothing but homework. You do have to have some other activities, but it suggests that if you uh, have your kids do all their homework, then just flop in front of the TV for four hours, probably not an effective learning experience. We had a a huge um, marketing, I guess, product pushed our way when I was in high school in the late 80s when we were preparing for the SAT. Um, That was right when colleges and admissions really started to get competitive. And there was a product out, I want to know if you remember this, called Where There's a Will, There's an A. Did, was that uh, just a not, few years? I have not heard that one. So we're just a few years off. I consider us the same age now, but when I was 18, you were probably about 25. So we, we were in two different worlds then when I was graduating from high school. But there was a product, people in their late 40s listening will remember this product called Where There's a Will, There's an A. And it just gave all kind of study tips on how to increase your grade point average. And something that stuck with me that I that I used a lot then, and I still use it now, is, is something that you just touched on. Take a lot of breaks. And 
the point isn't to take a break so you can relax uh, and have fun and go play video games or watch Netflix. Right. The point of the break is to break up your learning so that when you go back to your studies, there is an initial point of where you're going to engage your subject matter once again and remember more because the studies show, and here's the whole point, studies show you remember the first thing and the last thing when you are given any sort of stimulus, any sort of media, any sort of joke, any sort of TV show, a song. You'll remember the first words of the song and you'll remember how the song ends. You might get lost in the middle. You might forget what the lyric is in the middle. So if you can divide the song up and have five shorter songs, you'll remember the beginning and the end of each section. So that was the whole point, was to have more sections of studying. So you'll, you'd remember the beginning and the end of that section. Take a break, come back to another section, remember the beginning and end of that section. You get more out of that rather than just sitting down for three straight hours and studying three straight hours. You'll remember the beginning and the end, but you won't remember hardly anything in the middle two and a half hours because it's just white noise at that point. Right. I had never heard that, but it makes a lot of sense. And it's when you meet somebody, when you meet a group of people, you meet 10 people in a meeting, you'll remember the first person's name and you'll remember the last person's name. But you can't remember the middle eight. Right. So just think if you met just two people at a time separated by 10 minutes, you'd remember all of them. Well, and then, as you well know, too, <laughs> inversely, then collegiately, what did many of us do? Uh, you know, we were so busy having fun in our collegiate years, we'd, quote, cram for tests. And that oftentimes— And that always worked. Sure. <laughs> Never. Sitting in a library for eight hours. What could go wrong? Nothing. I just remembered the first sentence, the last sentence, and seven hours and 42 seconds are white noise at this point. Yeah. yeah so, yes, don't do as we say. <laughs> One of the things you can do to help your kids, uh, Adam, is know the disciplinary policies. I know this all always sounds weird, but uh, it gives you sort of an overview of exactly what is expected of your student and then what the consequences are. And, of course, they delve into some things nowadays that are happening, uh, especially with bullying. But uh, they, they say it's helpful to know what the school's definition of bullying is, consequences for bullies, support for victims, procedures for reporting bullying, and et cetera. Now, of course, the obvious ones, um, vandalism, cheating, fighting, weapons, all prohibited at schools. But you also want to know, I mean, kids will be kids. And, you yep. know, sometimes it's, it's like, hey, why did you uh, break the trophy case when you walked by? Well, Billy dared me to do it. If that happens to your student, you do kind of want to know, okay, I'm a parent. Do I just pay for this? Do I accept the fact my child's suspended for a couple of days? You, you want to be part of the process of knowing all those things. Hopefully with some luck, as you're hearing this show, your kids are not taking weapons to school and we can't, uh, we can't kid about that. We're actually talking about some very serious issues, but mm -hmm. know what the uh, what's expected of kids. And I thought it was interesting too, even something as simple as, it seems simple, but it's part of the whole honor system, is know uh, what's involved if your child was ever caught cheating. If your child is accused of cheating, you'd want to know what is the actual process here so that you can be part of that as an informed parent. So these are serious issues, and you always think, I don't think my kid would cheat, but you know, let's say your child has anxiety about taking tests. Maybe he might take a shortcut or two. So that's something good to know. And it's good to have those cheating conversations so that they know what 
uh, like you said, is construed as cheating. Because in today's day and age of technology, if you're not, if if some schools consider using Google on your phone during a test cheating, of course that's cheating. But if it's not, if that's if a phone and Google has been part of a child's life every day of their life, maybe that's not that clear. And you don't want your child, who's been a good student, exemplary citizen, on uh, you know in the seventh grade during a, a turning point in their life to have a test and not even think twice about going to Google on their phone as a resource to help them Correct. on this test and not knowing this is considered cheating. And right. now there's a, a black mark on my transcript or a three-day suspension that just starts some sort of tailspin. Now there's a there's a four-day depression after that. Then they miss another test. And now all of a sudden they're behind the eight ball and they're only in seventh grade. So yeah, I, I totally get that, support that, and agree with that, that you should have these cheating or accusation conversations with with your child as early as you can. Yeah, absolutely. Brief them on what you expect and then what the school is going to expect of them. Mm -hmm. And you need to point out probably some examples of, look, this sounds like a great idea. I put the math, the last four math answers on the bottom of my shoe, and I just glance down there and write it down. Sounds simple, but that is cheating, and you need to discuss that with your kids. Now, this is something, uh, maybe I'm asking you too personal of a question, but Adam, how involved were you with your kids? Because they say that's another great way to help uh, help your kids be successful in elementary school by being, let's say, a classroom helper or a homeroom parent or chaperone a field trip. I can't picture you chaperoning a field trip. I know that you are very involved with your daughters, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think a lot of kids would want to go on the field trip with Uncle Adam because you'd get bored easily. Well, I didn't do the field trips, uh, but I did the classroom volunteering oh, good. Um, as much as I could. And I was fortunate enough to have a, a job where I worked afternoon radio so I could go in in the mornings, especially for lunch. Uh, and I would encourage parents who have full-time jobs that work 60 hours a week, uh, at least once a year, maybe once a semester, take a two- or three-hour lunch to go have lunch with your child, yes. especially at the elementary age. Because once they get into high school, as much as my daughter adores her father. She doesn't really, I'm guessing, she doesn't want me to stroll into high school to have lunch with her. Your hypnosis factor Um, went way down. The hypnosis factor's gone now. But I'm telling you, when I strolled into elementary school lunch with a a bag of Jimmy John's, I was a superhero level cool dad. So I would encourage uh, the busiest of parents. I don't care if you're the CEO of your company with 9,000 employees, take a day off, take a half a day off, take at least a three-hour lunch, and go have lunch with your child at the elementary school level for sure. And another one along these lines, and, and you made some great points, give a talk for career day. Ironically, mm-hmm. in my particular case, I was one of those go-tos for career day because you know my dad's an accountant, my dad works for an ad agency, my dad works for a radio station. It, the, the teacher was all about that yeah. one. <laughs> so isn't that hilarious? Did you did you have career day? Did oh, you yeah. tell the- I had to go in and, and you know give the kids a little short story about, you know, kids, here's how to get into radio. That's pretty interesting, Mr. Baker. You bet it is, kids. And and the teacher was impressed that you uh you knew the Moody Blues and Quiet Riot? Oh yeah. You know it was really funny. My daughter will always claim <laughs> later that, you know, she didn't want to, you know, act, you know, like, oh, my dad's uh, involved with radio. 
but she got a lot of brownie points for that. And some in fact, that was sometimes the card uh, that she would play with the teachers later. Hey, you know my dad is, yeah. you know. And she didn't do it to get away with a lot, but she'd get away with a little on it, doing that. It worked for her in fifth grade. It's <laughs> never worked for you. Hey, it's do you know who I worked. am? Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, so career day, an important thing. Uh, I know we're kind of getting to the end of the show here, but take attendance seriously. Here's what's interesting about parents. It's really difficult sometimes to determine, is my child having some anxiety? And there could be an issue at school. Maybe they're trying to avoid a test. We don't know. But the old, <clears throat> I, have a, I have a real bad sore throat. I know I always used to pull that in my household. But they said you should really take attendance seriously, really urge your kids to stay in school, and hopefully have created this dialogue with some of these tips so that you really do know this isn't an issue at school. My child really is sick. These are great tips, Jay, uh, for not only the elementary level, school children, middle school, high school, even in college. I mean, where there's a will, there's an A. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, If you'd like to learn more about these uh, tips, education tips, you can head to our website, adamritzshow.com. We'll put a link to this uh, article from kidshealth.org right on our website, uh, you can get in touch with me through Twitter, at Adam Ritz. I'm on Facebook and Instagram, at Adam Ritz Show. You can search out Jay Baker on Facebook. Oddly enough, it is Jay Baker. That is odd. And we can't do it without our listeners, so thank you to everyone for checking out the show. And uh, a big, huge hats off, tip of the shout-out hat to Vibonomics for being our underwriter. And more information there, vibonomics.com. Until the next trip down Public Affairs Avenue, we will see you again. Uh, Jay, thanks for joining me, and you can uh, check out more at adamridgeshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.